Good morning, everyone. Are we good? Are we good? Praise the Lord. Um, let's give God a round of applause for all the, the words that he had this morning for a lot of people. You know, the Bible tells us that these signs are so that people may believe. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what it's about. So uh, I know over here we, um, we get a bit, uh, it seems like we're a bit distracted sometimes. But, you know, we've got to follow the Holy Spirit because this platform is set up for people who are coming in here who are searching. Are you guys with me? And if he's got the answer for you, yeah, you guys can come. Thanks, man. You guys can come? Yeah, thanks. Uh, if, uh, if he's got the answer, we've got to give it. Amen? Amen. So we're, gonna, we're, we're low on time this morning, obviously, as always. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go straight into the message. So please give uh, Pastor Didi, Pastor Tasso. Wait, is he here today? Hello? Pastor. Hello. Yeah, as they come up, let's give them a round of applause. Hallelujah. Okay. So while, we, uh, while they're coming up and we're getting ready to go, I know everyone is uh, waiting in eager anticipation for what uh, Pastor Tassa is going to share this morning. Alrighty, but uh, while we're getting ready and settle down, who's been enjoying the series? Woo! Alrighty. Anyone willing to share a testimony that's happened with you, you know, uh, this last week? Um, anything that the, the Lord has been helping you with in your own heart, some freedom you've experienced? Anyone? Anyone's got any questions with regard to what we've been dealing with? Anybody? Don't all jump at once. So the funny thing is that I've been talking to a lot of people individually, and all of you are like, wow, this is amazing. I'm experiencing peace and all this stuff. So I know there's some testimonies out here that, you know. They has, no, they are. I'm saying on a personal level, I've been hearing about it. So does anyone have anything? Uh, anyone? Remember, when you share your testimony, right, it's for the edification of the person sitting next to you and everyone sitting here, amen, because it reaffirms to them that God's word is true and that God God's righteousness is the right way, amen. Okay, maybe a bit later, hey, maybe a bit later. Yeah, you guys want to say good morning? Check the, check the mics there. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Nice to be here. Nice to be with you again to be able to share God's love and God's mercy and God's goodness. I hope you guys are going to participate because uh, that's when you experience God, when you participate. And, uh, you know, if, if something really makes sense to you and, and, and you sort of resonate with it, the way you can participate is put it in the present tense for yourself, you know, when you hear God is good, don't generalize it. Yeah, God is good for everybody. God is good to me. I believe that. You see, that's how you participate because you're acknowledging something that is really for you. Amen. Amen. So good morning and off we go. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, everybody. So lucky to be with you two up here again. Before we go on today with today's service, I uh, just want to make an announcement. But uh, Pastor, well, actually evangelist, doctor, I don't know what else we can call him, uh, PhD, Honorable. Uh, Honorable, what's his name again? J.P. Shonick. <laughs> How many of you guys know J.P.? J.P. Shonick, he used to be with us on the, the, live, uh, the lives during COVID. He'll be here in person on Sunday, the 19th, okay? And let me tell you something. He brings fire, man. He does. He really does. If you guys have never uh, been in a service with JP, he flows quite strong. 
uh, in the gifts as an evangelist. Um, it's just, an, he brings a different kind of atmosphere. It's very, very cool how he preaches and just how he flows in the gifts. So I promise you, if you want anyone in your family to be reborn, bring them on Sunday. This guy is an evangelist. And when I say evangelist, he doesn't play around. He gets people reborn. That's his thing. That's, what he, uh, that's the gift God has given him. So if there's anyone that you're uncertain about who's, you're not sure if they are actually reborn or not, this is the message you want them to hear. Amen? Amen. Make, it, make it a date with them now. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. The love of God on J.P. Sharnik is just unbelievable. The, the, the presence that he carries. I'll give you an example. We went to Hecker's with him one afternoon for a lunch after he preached. And we're sitting at the table. And this random lady walks up to us and she says, um, I'm paying for all of your guys' food. And uh, we're like, why? And she says, because that guy, and she points at him and she goes, he looked at me and he smiled and God showed me that he loved me. And I'm telling you right now, that guy carries the love of God and I want to bless him and I'm blessing all of you wow. at the same time. Sure. So, uh, and she paid for the whole table. Yeah. Yo, I like so, to take so him to the restaurants free, free all the time lunch, now. Free lunch yeah. on Sunday for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Are you guys okay this morning? There he is. Yes, he looks like, looks like a real doctor there. Eh? Yeah, he looks Oluk, man. Yeah. Don't tell him I said he looks Oluk. <laughs> awesome. You've got to hear this guy's test me. Very, very amazing, dude. Lekker. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. Be careful who you're dusting when you dust at home, okay? <laughs> Great. It might be a family member. <laughs> be gentle with the feather duster. An, an ancestor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm just trying to liven you folks up a bit. Turn to person next to you say, man, let me see some teeth there, brother. Awesome. If you've got false teeth, don't smile too hard. We don't want any losses here. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. God is good. So for the folks that haven't been with us on the series and you're here for the very first time, what we have been going into and trying to establish over the series is we've called the series Kingdom Resolutions. So as you know, the whole world is running out in the beginning of the year and they are trying to make resolutions and they get themselves in a situation where they make all these markers for the year and they say, if we reach these, these markers or these uh, goals, then we'll have a better year than we did last year. And what happens is the deception in that is that they're setting goals according to the pattern of the world. And they are setting goals from an external point of view. What we've been explaining over the series is that if you have a belief in your heart, here's an example, people have come to me and said, I just can't, I've tried to stop smoking for the last 10 years. Every January, I have set a New Year's resolution that I'll stop smoking, but by March, I'm smoking like a chimney again. And what the problem is, is that it's not bad to set goals, but the problem is we need to go into the heart and understand the belief that has kept you in that cycle of behavior. You cannot treat the symptom, family. Today, church is trying to change your symptoms or treat your symptoms. The Word of God 
goes to the root problem in your heart. It might be insecurity. It might be a sense of shame that you're carrying. It might be a, a traumatic experience that has written something on your heart and you can't break free from it. Now, the foundational scripture for this series is Proverbs 4.23 where it says, Guard your heart above all else for out of the heart flows forth the issues of life. Now, issues, if you've got an issue, you can trace it back to your heart. If you've got an issue, it's not your mother-in-law, it's not your brother, it's not your family, it's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your children. The issue is coming from your heart. Amen? You cannot go and set resolutions to change the behavior. You need to go in and change the belief. Say this to the person next to you. Say, religion is trying to change me. But Jesus is trying to make me whole. There's a big difference. Amen? So just, in, just before we get into it, we always use this example. that you must understand, and Jim Richards actually taught us this, and it's a beautiful example. A belief in your heart will keep you there, no matter how much willpower you have. I don't care. You can go on courses, read books, go, and see, go to seminars, conferences, sleep next to Benny Hinn. I don't care. That's a bad one. No, no. Okay. I don't care if you can carry his water or whoever he is supposed to be in your life. Nothing is going to change until you change the belief that's limiting you. See, the way a belief works, it works like an air conditioner. I wish we had some. We're trusting God for this room's aircon. But this is how aircon works. When you set the aircon at 21 degrees, it is now preset. You can open the doors, open the windows. Hot air or cold air can come into the room, and what will take place is the, the air conditioner will fluctuate for a couple of minutes, but then it will always go back to its original setting. Are you with me? So you can get inspired by a word of God, by something that pops up on your Facebook news bulletin, whatever you call it, uh, feed, can be, a, can be a powerful worship song. Somebody can send you a scripture. And guess what happens? There's a little bit of inspiration that takes you above your setting. But until you change the belief that, that you have in your heart about yourself, eventually you will come back down to your 21 degrees, whatever that belief is. Sometimes you'll go under that belief. You'll have a depressed day or you, you will have, which you shouldn't because you should take control of your feelings. But... We always got to understand what is pulling us either down, back to 21 from being inspired or eventually after you've depressed and whatever, you'll, you will work out those emotions and then you'll come straight back to who you are again. Are you with me? It's the general sense of self that you have about yourself. And that's what we want to change. The difference between an emotion like we're doing on discipleship school, if you're not on discipleship school, get on before this Wednesday, because you are going to miss out. I promise you, you're going to miss out. You have never heard teachings like this anywhere. I'm telling you, it comes straight from the kingdom of God, from the throne room of God. So, what was I saying before that? Can somebody help me? <laughs> These guys are having their own conversation, so they're going to... Yes, yes. So, it will bring you back. That belief will bring you back. You need to know, guys... How you work in your soul. You need to know what part of your soul is broken. 
You need to know what part of you is perfected in Christ. You need to know how both of those uh, immaterial parts of your heart affect your physical man. You need to know these things. If you don't, you're going to eventually walk out there without an identi- uh, identity in your soul. Your soul has to have an identity, just like your fingerprint. If I die, they will know who died because it's on my, on my body. There's, a, there's an identity for your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions that needs to be imprinted. So that when you go out every day, you know how to think, you know what to think, you know how to make decisions, and most of all, you have changed your beliefs of who you are in your heart. Amen? Awesome. So, Tasso is going to share with us that because it's a testimony day, and he's going to share with us uh, something that was traumatic in his life or a big event in his life, and how he came out of it by changing the belief that was holding him there. Are you guys ready? I can't wait to hear this myself. Praise the Lord. Let's give Tasso a round of applause. <laughs> Tasso, Tasso. <laughs> nice one, eh? <laughs> um, Man, I tell you, this, this heart issue is something that, uh, that, that I've been studying probably since 2002, just to be able to understand the heart. And I also, yes, uh, want to uh, commend and just thank uh, Brother Jim Richards for his understanding of that. And uh, really, that put me into a, um, a good sort of platform to start evaluating um, life from the perspective of the heart, which is your identity, you know? And identity is very important because we were created um, in the image and likeness of God, but we are not self-sufficient. That's why we need to identify. Uh, God is the source, so when, when he talks about his identity, it's because it comes from his nature, it comes from his attributes, it comes from who he is. When we talk about identity, ours is fluid because we can either connect to God because we're not self-sufficient, or we will go and find it within ourselves. You know, we'll find it in the attributes that we have, the talents or the skills or whatever the case may be, Uh, and that's where the new age comes in and starts focusing on those areas, or alternatively, we're going to look externally to find it in how other people look at us, especially the ones that we respect and how they see us, you know, Um, people who have excelled in the areas that we want to excel. And the way that they look at us becomes our identity. That's why they say, it's not who you think you are, you know. It's not actually how other people think you are. It's who you think other people think you are. One more time. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but, but the amazing thing is, is that this mechanic you're talking about, it works. Whether we want it to or not, yeah. it's how God designed us. That's how God yeah. designed us, absolutely. To be able to get our identity outside of us. Even Remember, even when you've accepted... Um, the Holy Spirit, because you've accepted Christ into your life, He's another being. So you're looking outside of you, or those inside of you, to be able to get to identify with Him and to become one with Him. So the more 
you observe something and the more you um, uh, you sort of aspire to it and, and you, your passion towards it and you move towards it, and that's called positive towards motivation that, that you are motivated by, and, and you're moving toward, it, it can be either Christ, it can be um, your work, it can be um, a relationship with a person. The longer you stay in it, the more you're going to identify to the point that you cannot separate anymore the, the, the you, which is your consciousness of who you are, to whatever you've attached yourself into. And that's why the most important thing that we see um, when we accept Christ into our lives, uh, we just, I just mentioned it now to Bash, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. I no longer live, and I tell you, just stop there. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, what is the I that says no longer live? What is that consciousness of the I that the observer, which is the you, that is looking and no, and no, no longer exists? It's the I that was experiencing its identity from its performance. It's the I that was looking externally to get approval from other people. It's the I that was looking at the passions and the desires of the flesh to be able to go out and fulfill them. See, that is the I that has died. About two days ago, I was telling my wife uh, and, and, uh, that, that I saw a dream. And I tell you, this is so pertinent to what I'm saying. Um, you know, um, what, is it Batman, eh? Batman, am I right? Yeah, 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 Batman. Okay. Remember Batman, I don't know if you guys ever watched those um, DC movies, Batman. Yes. You have, eh? Okay, great. Now, that guy, <laughs> you know, he, he has, um, he has a, what's that black thing that he wears? Uh, a, suit. That he, a suit. That's the one. Okay. I'm loving this. Okay, I know. <laughs> so, he's got a suit, and the suit stands there. So, he gets home, he does all his work, and when it's time to go, he enters into the suit. Am I right? And then... You know, all the powers function and operate through that suit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. No, okay. That's, that's the wrong one. Eh? No, Batman doesn't have powers. Okay, let's find someone else that does. <laughs> okay, one of those superheroes. Okay. Now, the same happens with us. You see, we think about of yourself that every morning when you get up, there's this earth suit that you have to enter into. And that's your body. Okay, just think about it that way. And in this earth suit, when you enter into it, it's got all of these desires, all of these passions. But they were all designed for one purpose. Every morning when you get into that suit, let's say you're coming from heaven and he ascends you. You enter that suit to go and serve with those desires someone else. To go and bless someone else. To go and be a benefit to someone else. 
Now, at night, you come out of that suit when you go to sleep, although you don't. You know what I'm trying to say, though. And you go into this dream world where you're supposed to be recharging yourself, opening your heart up, and God comes through dreams, through visions, through the Holy Spirit to be able, just like the earth at night goes through the law of entropy, in other words, to reestablish itself and to give life during the day, the same thing happens to you at night. You recharge yourself with what the Holy Spirit has given you. And you have a specific destiny in this earth. And the destiny is to be continuously conformed to the image of Jesus, of who He is right now as the resurrected Lord. And from that point on, when you enter into that earth suit, whatever skills or talents that earth suit has is specifically to serve others. You're going to look after it for one purpose, so that it can serve others. By the way, this is what you're here for. So, I have died. I no longer exist for me. Can you imagine, you know, the eye has got a function, and it's supposed to have vision, to see, and the way that it sees, as you know, you don't see with your eyeballs, you see with your brain at the back. But anyway, but th that's the function of the eye. Can you imagine if the eye one day becomes self-conscious and has got an identity issue? Hey? And begins to say, hold on a second, am I worthy? <laughs> you know, do, do I really qualify in what I'm doing? Hey? That's exactly what we do with ourselves. There is a specific function that we have to manifest the life of God, because that's what we were created for, to, to connect and experience Him. I mean... Think about it. There's no other creature, no angels. Uh, whatever God has created, nothing that has the capacity, capacity to have a relationship and experience his life. You know what it, what it means to experience his life? Is to feel about himself. So God has given you the gift for you to feel about himself the way he feels about himself. I don't know about you guys. That, that's a big deal. That is, I mean. That's the deal. That's the deal. Yeah. That, that's it. I mean, this is, this is why he created. And being a father and you being a son and a daughter, this is what through that relationship he has called you to. To live above. And experience yourself above the earth suit. Transcend yourself knowing that you're just entering that earth suit for a specific purpose. And what actually happened in my dream was, I, I could feel it. God was telling me, go live in that person for two hours. Enter into that person and go do the work to love that person over there. 
Then it went up to 10 hours. And then there was obviously escalated. And I entered a specific body to serve someone for 20 years. Okay, I'm not talking about some funny stuff here, okay? Yeah. I'm just telling you the purpose of why you and I are here is to connect with God, experience His life, be independent. See, that's how independence comes. Independent from what my body wants. Independent what it's seeking for. All of those things were designed not for me to find life and stay on them for so long. We identify now. Oh, I'm a sexual person. Or I'm a this person. Or I'm that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You were never designed to stay and connect yourself and identify yourself with anything of the flesh. That's it. Come on. You were designed to connect to him, experience his fullness, always be in this euphoric state because you're connected to him, obviously. And your daily relationship that you're having with him makes you experience all that. And then it transcends you that the things of the flesh can never, ever have anything over you. Because you are there to serve. Mm. Sure. Now, that's a context to look at the Word of God when you read it. Especially the epistles of Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I have died. See, I grew up in a, um, a charismatic environment. My dad was a pastor. We came from, <clears throat> from Greece. The Apostolic Faith Mission Church brought us here. Brought my dad here. Um, to be able to minister to the Greek people. And because uh, in those days, if you remember in the 70s and 80s, probably in the, even in the 90s, most of the Greek people had cafes. Eh, the cafe corners, you remember that? Man, that I got in those cafes, you know. But anyway, so um, yeah, so, we, so it was very easy to identify them. It was very easy to evangelize because you knew where they were. So when they brought us here and, um, you know, um, I was brought up in a, in a Christian home and uh, with my parents obviously uh, being fully dedicated, uh, you know, to the church to the point that we never saw them. We ne no, so we did see them. But we, we were never connected with them because all they were doing was just ministry. So the sense of abandonment was very strong inside of me. And, uh, and you know, when you, when you are brought up in a Christian home, you never know when you get born again. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, my gosh. Hey? You, you, because you are actually a second-generational Christian. You, you, so that means you, you basically are hopping on to someone else's experience. So if they say, so I was brought up like this, yeah, whatever, yeah. Anything they say goes, you know what I mean? And uh, um, inside me as a person, there were two fundamental things that were driving me. I was, I would say I was two basic people with a strong motivations, okay? Number one, I was a hedonist, 
Now, what is a hedonist? A hedonist is someone who continuously is seeking for pleasure. Where's the next party? Where's the best restaurants? Where's this? Where's that? Okay? But on the other hand, and that's a contradiction in my character, I was a legalist. Yeah. Now, what is a legalist? A legalist is, and it suited me, okay, because... I had a bit of a lazy nature. It suited me that all I needed to do is pray to God, you know, just know how to do the right prayer, and then he must go and arrange all the necessary sequence of events and bring it to me, and I would call that grace. He's good. He's merciful. He's fantastic. All you need to do. So what is, uh, you know, the magic words that you need to do in prayer you know, to make it strong, what is the specific wording? Come teach me now. Tell me. Amen, in, yeah, Jesus in Jesus' name. That's it. <laughs> and, you know, whatever you need to do to be able to get God to do things for you. But notice now the contradiction. You're going after pleasure, but at the same time, you're supposed to be pleasing God because he's supposed to get you things. Okay? So you are torn, totally torn in between. You are the most unhappy person that you can ever find, okay? And uh, you start now, because of that, you start searching to all kinds of things. So I don't care how long you've been in church, and I, I don't care how you've experienced church, I've been through all of them. I went through the prophetic, I went through the deliverance, I went through the demons, I went through, for me, they were taking... Uh, um, uh, I'll get to that as well. <laughs> I, I went through the Israelites that used to come from Jerusalem and blowing the chauffeurs. I, when I say I've done everything, listen to me, I've done everything. Okay. I've gone to extremes in, in church. I'm talking about extremes. So, but that for, was only for one purpose. Not that I was interested in any of that stuff. How can I get God to do things for me? See, that was the motivation. I didn't know that at that time, obviously, because it was working within me. But that was the purpose. So, and, and yes, the prosperity, may, which totally destroyed me, by the way, and it had nothing to do about prosperity. is from God, but it's, it was basically my heart, because my heart had greed, like everybody, most of the people who've got greed, okay? So if you are not careful, a lot of things can destroy you. Even the grace message can destroy you if you are not careful. Because looking for liberality through the grace message, you're misusing it so you can live um, an irresponsible lifestyle. Okay? So everything that you can imagine, every fad that has ever come through, I've experienced it. Okay? Now, for me... We are found, the re and that's why the heart became so important. Because, amen, none of this stuff is working. I'm coming to a point, I'm giving up here. I'm giving up. Nothing is working here. So, when I realize that the hub of everything is the heart of man, which I had absolutely no clue because they taught us at Bible school, whenever you see the word heart, interchange it with spirit, and you're going to be good. And uh, 
I thought, well, in Greek, we've got two different words. So it has to be different. It can't be the same. Why would God use the same? You know, the one is cardia, the other one is pnevma. So what's the story here? And then I started getting into the heart and understanding, which is a very difficult concept, although we're explaining it, you know, it is a difficult concept to grasp. And a lot of the times you just have to get as much as you can into the heart and understand it. And from the certain points, you can't go further, okay? Because it becomes an elusive concept. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you just have to keep accepting that there's these two parts of the spirit and the soul when they come together, like it was explained on, um, on Wednesday. And yes, you need, to, you, you need to sign up, especially for this course here that, you, that, uh, that we're doing for you to understand the heart, because understanding the heart becomes the key that will set you free. It'll set you free in what, though? In binding and loosing things within yourself, to take charge and to say, you know what? This is not from God. You died. All I have within me is cellular memory. That's all it is. So I'm not going to follow my cellular memory because of the things that I did in the past, and this memory is connected to certain emotions. And some emotions are very, very strong because I did them, you know, for a very long time. And that's all it is, you know. And let me tell you something. The thing that you are connected to, you know, people say, um, i tell you which is the, uh, the, the most powerful sin. <laughs> the most powerful sin. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you which one it is. The one that you like the most. The one that you've practiced and you develop pleasure points with it. That's the sin. You know? So the one that's going to destroy you is that specific one if you let it. It doesn't matter how strong it is. You just saying, no, listen, you died. And this is just a memory. And all I'm having is a memory that has these, that fires these connections to these emotions. That's all it is. I'm now taking a decision. I'm going to go and enter into Christ, and I'm going to remember who I am. And from that point on, that's what I decided to do. You know? And I got to know, uh, from my wife, Verna, I got to know the love of God. And... That's uh, where JP at that time, but the, the, the person that came and, and ignited all these things for us was um, from America. What's his name? Ed Elliott. Sorry, I'm just having a, a bit of a forgetfulness. No, I'm good. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and, and all of us came out of Ed Elliott in a sense because he came and he sort of um, given us back in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you know, he gave us the message, and Verna was before everybody because th- uh, she was there, you know, at, at his home group. So we, we started getting invited, and we started hearing all these amazing messages, and it touched our hearts. I tell you, my heart opened up. Now, I'd given my heart to the Lord, and I tell you why I'd given my heart to the Lord quite early. I just didn't like hell. You know, I don't like hell. You know, someone else can go burn. I don't know. But me, I'm not interested. 
Look, I don't want to have a relationship with Christ either. I don't like God. The way the religion told me about God, I don't like the guy. But I also don't like hell. You know, they told me, okay, Jesus is your scapegoat. <laughs> you know, he did all this. You can go to heaven. Now, remember, I'm a pleasure seeker. I don't like bondages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, for me, it was, okay, get away from hell. But then something else came up. Hold on. Okay, so I'm not going to go to hell because Jesus did all this thing for me. But now we got a problem. Because once the motivation is gone, then what? Yep. You know? I mean, they even told me, listen, once saved, always saved. What a pleasure. Okay, well, now what? Now what? Yeah. Now what? This is such well, an important part. Yeah. yeah. So I came to realize, and that, that was the, the, the critical point here. I came to realize that there was a life that God was giving us that is beyond, when I read 1 Corinthians, beyond, he says, whatever entered your mind and even the imaginations of your heart, that's what he's offering. Well, I said to myself, you know what? I've got the wrong concept of God then. Because God can't be the way people are telling me to be. God can't be the way church has taught me God is. God is something totally different. I have to go back and rediscover who God is. Because I was so fearful of God. Okay? Now, there was something I wrote here. And I'd like, this is my little green book. I've had it since, I think, 20 or 11, I'm not sure. And I'm writing my personal stuff. Before you had this revelation, you had a little black book. Yeah. <laughs> it's a green book now. Yeah, no, it's a green one. So, because of the things that I had in my heart, and I've, I've written it, and, he, and it's difficult to remember, and that's why I write them down. Once you go into your heart and you discover things, then you come, when you come up into your conscious level, you can't remember anything. Unless you write it down, I'm telling you now. A lot of the stuff, when I meditate on the Word of God, I go into my heart, I sit next to, I've got a couch where I meditate, and right next to it, I've got a, a place where immediately, that even when I'm sitting there, I can just write it, you know, even without opening my eyes, so I can remember. Because when you come up out of your meditation, you can't remember anything. So... Um, one of the things for me, obviously, was also that I discovered in my heart. Let me just read it here. Um, my core belief was when others approve me, I accept myself. Sure. That was a core belief. And that came from a deeper sense of worthlessness. That's why, in other words, I looked at myself and said, hold on, I don't even like myself, okay? Actually, the point, the certain things I do, I hate me. So, maybe there's other people out there who like who I am. Okay? So, let me at least allow them and that's how that belief developed. Allow them to see if they like me. And then I can like myself then. Maybe I'm wrong about me. So that was what came up. 
Now, when I started meditating to get closer to the Lord, remember I told you last week about my mom. Do you remember that story? Where, I, you know, when Jesus was asking me to come into, into him and experience him, my mom would say, yeah, you know what all the nice guys do? They don't really want to say no to you. <laughs> Tasuli, yeah. So they don't, they don't really want to, they don't really want to, you know, uh, uh, they don't want to say no. So he's inviting you, you know. But come on, you know, have some respect. Don't go. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like the guy who's liked by this girl and, 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 and the girl's family is really, really wealthy. So the guy standing there, he says, look, I don't have anything. But come on, I need to have a bit of pride. I'm not going to go and enter for the sake of getting all the wealth. No, man, I'd rather go do it myself. It was a similar mindset. So, now, how's this? Jesus says, I go and I read, he says, listen, I want you to go, each and every one of you, I want you to go and make disciples. Okay. You see, this is where we say, okay, I can do this. But nobody has really checked in their heart whether they can do it. Because in my heart was the following. Well, I'm scared of social rejection. Because remember, I'm getting now from what people are saying. Why? Because I feed on their love. At that moment, without me knowing, they're my source. So, I'm scared to let go because I don't know. Listen to this now. Look at my excuse. Because I don't know if God's love is enough to replace that. I mean, does God love me? At least as people that I know... Somehow manipulated, maybe, to love me and to get what I want. Now, if I replace that, would God's love be enough? Nobody asks these questions. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody else whenever I speak to them. So now I've got this conflict inside of me. How can I go make disciples, which sounds so easy, Hey, and yet at the same time, I've got rejection in my heart. Can't do it. See, and this is why the teaching of identity, which means replacing your sources, becomes so important. Hey? Now, one exercise that I always give people, I would love you guys to do this, is you sit and you write down all the emotions, okay, all the emotions, all the positive emotions that you um, want to experience or want you to, to, to fulfill in your life. For example, I want to be loved. It's an emotion. I want to feel content. You know, it's an emotion. I want to be um, happy. I want to have provisions, okay? Now, once you write all those things down, then next to it, write 
listen to this, write who or which situation can take it away from you. Which person, who, or what situation can take it away from you? So let's say provision is your work. Then guess what? Work is your source, not God. Happiness. It's having that nucleus of my family. Well, then the family is your source and not God. So you write that down and you become brutally honest. See, I had to do that to convince myself, listen, my brother, that's how I talk to myself. <laughs> listen here, don't fool yourself. This legalistic approach is not working for you. Because your sources are attached to the wrong thing. And you're deceiving yourself, forcing yourself to believe that God is your source. God's not your source. Yes, you're saying the same, you know, yeah, God's my source with everybody. Amen, this, that, yeah. You might come up here and pray, God's my source. Yeah, no, I believe it, I believe it. No, 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 no. You don't believe it. Unless you do the exercise to discover it, then you don't know who is your source. You assume who is your source. Man, I think I've spoken to a lot of people here, haven't I? Hey? So do that exercise. And you will discover as you're going to create God as your source. And let me tell you something. If you don't know who God is, you're not going to be interested to have God as your source. So we need to go back and find out who really God is, His character. And if you don't know, find it through His names. The names of God revealed His nature. Don't listen to some theologian. Don't listen to some pastor or leader that contradicts the names of God. Don't listen to them. The names of God describe who He is. So, when you do the exercise, then start connecting with him by connecting to Jesus. Because Jesus was the one that has inherited all of the names of God. Do you know that Jesus, just like Abraham, just like everybody else, you know, they had to persuade their hearts and believe God is this way to be able to get the promise. You and I don't have to do that. This is the beauty. All I'm doing is I'm entering into Him. And when I enter into Him, I'm experiencing what He has already believed. He's already got it. I don't have to believe to get it. So I enter into Him and I start experiencing what it is like to have Him as the one who brings the fulfillment on everything. Hey, this is why now, and I'm closing with this, the resolution is as follows, you know, because this is the tension. The tension is destiny with leading. Who takes the decision and who leads? Now, religion has it this way. No, 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 no. Religion says, listen, 
Let God take the decision. I'm not interested because if I fail, I can't get another clap here of another lower self-worth. No, 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 not interested. If he fails, then I can say, hey, you did it. Okay, and, and, and I've got a map. Don't worry, I'm not to get there. So I will lead. I've got a map for everything. God says, no, 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 no. You've come into me now. You've died to all that. No, you take the decision. And I'm going to lead. Leave the process to me. So the most important thing of our kingdom resolution comes down to this. I make the decisions. Don't worry about all of your dreams, your needs, and your desires. They are guaranteed. They're guaranteed that they are fulfilled already in Jesus. It's not something that you need to seek to be able to get. No, no, you seek the kingdom. In other words, you need to seek how to enter into righteousness every day so you can experience the peace and joy. And then he leads you. And as you come into all different ways of serving others, you automatically, it's like synchronicity, you automatically bump into all your dreams your needs being met, and all your desires. Do you know that Jesus died for all your desires to be fulfilled and all your needs? That's why he says, I supply your needs according to my riches in glory. Because it's already, Jesus has already died for them. He says, I give you the desires of your heart. So everything, desires, dreams, everything. So you don't have to obsess yourself with those things. Know where you're going Know that this is what you want in life. Put it aside and follow him. That's kingdom resolution. Amen. Wow. What? Wow. Praise awesome. the Lord. Praise God. Amen. You see, Amen. That's, that's true prayer. That's truly getting going there in your heart with the Lord. It's not about you going in the room and, and, and putting on praise and worship music to get a feeling. Mm. Yeah. It's about you going into your heart and having the courage, knowing that when I go in my heart, there's nothing to worry about. I've got the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead me through yeah. all my emotions, all my feelings, all that stuff. He wants to do that. Yeah. The, we reiterated prayer. Do you know what prayer really means? Prayer means to? Can anyone tell me? Assess and reconcile. Judge and reconcile. And then send away and attach to the promise. The Hebrew word for prayer, I don't know if you guys know, is it's actually an idiom where um, a stone is in your shoe, apparently. You know? And you can't walk with that stone. You need to take it out and throw it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't walk for long. And um, what did he say is so important. Sorry to interrupt you. That's very bad. <laughs> I was just saying amen. That's impolite. That's rude. Hey, rude, you dude. Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, remember, yeah, I wanted to say this. This is quite important. I had an experience um, with the love of God that because my heart was open in those days, right in the beginning, 
And I, I think I did mention it last week. And for about a month, if not more, man, I was on cloud nine. I mean, I, I would just think something and it would happen. It was like that. And I remember after a period of time, because other stuff creeped in, in other words, my, my old thought patterns, and um, I, I allowed them, then, you know, I, I, I almost went back and I started thinking and experiencing myself as I was before that. And um, when I made the reconnection uh, with Jesus and started entering into him and experiencing him, you know, I was always seeking to find that experience, you know, continuously seeking. And the Lord said in my heart, stop seeking the experience. Because if you do, you're going to force yourself to be a flake. Every day, be with me. And whatever happens through that, it'll happen. Whatever it is that you need to experience, you will experience. But do not seek to recapture something that you had before. So every day, you know, because that's what the Pentecostals used to do. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit or they experienced something. That's it. Let's go back. We need to bring this. And, and actually, what you see today, well, let's go back to the 40s and 50s where the miracles were taking place with Jack Cole, William Branham, and all of those guys. And, 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 and that's what, you know, we need to bring back. You can't bring back that. People are going and they're putting up tents to bring back the, those type of revivals. Oh, you're out of your mind. Who's going to come to a tent? Who's interested in a tent? Okay? It's because we, start, we want to keep recreating. I understand, but that, that's what we want to do. We don't want to recreate. You can't recreate something. You know? You can't do that. That's what... Um, what was that guy's name who died from Neverland? Netherland, Neverland? Michael Jackson. He wanted to go and experience that gap period of his little life that he lost. And look what happened. Yeah. Okay? It's the same thing that happens spiritually. Don't go to recreate something. You know, in the Old Testament, there is a, um, uh, there's an example that was taking place of this, the priest would go and light the candle, and the wax, he, 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 he would take the wax and put it into a snuff box and leave it there as a remembrance. They would never go back and take the same thing that was burned and recreate a new candle. No, it was only for remembrance. Every day was new. The, the, the light that, that had to be lit up was new. Don't go back on yesterday. Only remember he did come through for me. That's it. But you can't go back and recreate something. Okay? Can't do it. Because his mercies are new. They might be the same coming from heaven, but they're new for you every morning when you experience them. Lamentations 3, I think that is. New every morning. So, I don't know if this meant for someone here. I'm not sure who it is. But I'm telling you, do not go back. Every day, keep experiencing Him.
Amen. 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 Come on. I think, I think, Deeds, you know that uh, we've been saying over the years that, you know what, as a child of God, your glory day is always ahead of you. You know what I'm saying? It, it's not like, oh, remember the good old days, brother. You remember, you know. No, listen. Your relationship with God is living. It's alive, man. And every day, He's leading you to something new. It becomes Amen. carnal, guys. Yeah. You turn yes. a spiritual experience into a carnal experience. And that's why if somebody comes up here, yeah, because last week they were falling over when Pastor Bash was touching them, that's the Holy Spirit. Now, this week, they don't fall over. The Holy Spirit wasn't here. Yeah. yeah. Are you with me? You're making, it, you're making spiritual things carnal. You're not supposed to come in with an expectation of how it's going to happen. You're just supposed to come in with an expectation of Him. And He leads your heart where it is in that moment. Come on. Amen. That's called a spontaneous living relationship. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Turn to business, you say, I'm alive. I'm alive. Awesome. So, folks, this has turned out to be a very, very important session. Uh, we're ending off the, the, the series today. If you would like to go, you can leave right now. But I just sense there are some folks that want to ask a question or two about how they can work through a problem or a bad belief. So we're going to keep it open for another 10 minutes. But if you would like to go and you need to go, please go. And um, if you want to ask any questions, because I know how important this is, because this is what prayer looks like. Yeah, we are waiting for you. And uh, we're ready to answer those, if we can. Yeah. Um, Amen. Please remember, if you are leaving, be generous. The bags are at the door um, from our beautiful helpers over there. So please give generously. Remember, we pay to have the lights on. <laughs> can I quickly ask for a raise of hands of who is on, whether you're online or whether you're in person on Discipleship School. Let's have a look quickly. Praise the Lord. Guys, for 200 rand a month, you can sit in the comfort of your home or you can be an in-person student here in the building or you can sit at home and you can get teachings that will, I promise you, change your life forever. Like we said, we've been through the legalistic, we've been through the supernatural, we've been through all those things and we have eventually found the balance of God's word in our hearts. Praise God for that because we'd still be a bunch of crazies. But we've been there. We've been to crazy town and back. I promise you. There was some fun there, but in general, it was dangerous. <laughs> crazy people. So, anyone? You, uh, you, may, you may go, but is there anybody that would like to ask a question? Sheldon, just grab the mic quickly. Feel free to, to go if you need to go, if your roast chicken is calling you. Yeah, so... Um I just want to share something quickly about um, what happened to me last week. Um, I didn't feel like um, re-registering for, for Bible college. Something was just telling me, just don't, don't, don't. And that's the time you must do just the opposite. Because um, um, the session of Bible college this past... Uh, Wednesday. It was just, it was different. It was just, I, I can't explain it. And I'm so excited about what is going to happen in the next couple of, of weeks. So I'm standing here appealing to anybody that hasn't, that hasn't um, 
sign up yet. Sign up. It's going to change your life. Because I stood up. Did he listen to the Holy Spirit this morning? And he picked up that my marriage was in trouble. And a lot of that issues come from my heart. Because for a marriage to be in trouble, it takes two people. So I can't sit back and blame everything on my wife. There are things that are flowing out of my own heart that is causing my marriage to be in trouble. So I'm so looking forward to, to the next couple of weeks to learn how to deal with the issues on my heart, in my heart, and also to find out whether I'm hedonistic or whatever. <laughs> I never knew what that word meant till, until today. Yeah, but I'm encouraging you guys. Let's do this. This, this is church. This is real. This is me being open and raw. We just a lot of people that are trying to just be healed, you know. And I'm appealing to you. If there's something in the back of you preventing you from doing it, just do it. Please, please, I'm appealing to you. Just do it. It will change your life. And I have to repent. I told Bash, we had a. Um, uh, I had to repent because I was one of those guys that attended discipleship school last last uh, year. And then the only time I would open up my book was the next Wednesday and the next Wednesday. And I got almost basically nothing out of it. But I'm standing in front of you and repenting. It's not going to happen this year. Jesus is going to change my life and if you guys will let him, he will change your hearts too. So I just want to ask Tasso, are you going to deal with the issue of, you said just enter Jesus. I don't know what the heck that means. Um, I'm, I'm being honest, I don't know what that means. And you explain it so beautif beautifully. So are you going to deal, guys going to deal with that in discipleship school? So I don't have to ask the question now. Okay? That's because that's what I want to learn, how to enter Jesus and experience what you just explained just now. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for being raw. We want church to be raw. Amen? Anyone? Anyone? Sorry, just for the online guys, the question is, um, what was the trigger, the circumstance, or the situation that got you on this path that you explained this morning? Well, uh, uh, it was definitely um, understanding the character of God. You know, first of all, uh, the first thing I remember so well was, uh, He is the only person that does things and He doesn't have ulterior motives. That's, I mean, that blew me away. So that was the first, uh, to me, that was the first attraction. Okay, I, with my heart I'm talking about. I used to, I got the knowledge of God's love. And, but what attracted me, the first thing is, this person does things without having mixed motives. 
So, okay, so my heart opens up. I can start getting close to him now. The second thing was, and, and I tell people, because this was the love of God, the way I understood it, you know, for me, it wasn't just the feeling, you know, because for me, love, even before I understood the definition of, of God's love, my personal definition, how I would feel love, okay, was not only that the names of God, but what this being decided to do on my behalf, you know, which I just mentioned, that I don't even have to worry about my dreams. I don't have to worry about my needs. I don't have to worry. You know, he made sure that all of those things are taken care of. And, and the Bible says in Romans 4, when I was reading it, it is sure. In other words, it's guaranteed, the promise. It's not something that, you know, well, we might hit it, we might not. All I need to do, though, is learn to hear his voice. And I remember when I was... Uh, uh, 15 years old, the first book I read, because that was my interest, okay? The first Christian book I read was by Kenneth Hagin, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. That was my first book. Until today, that has always been with the desire of my heart, because I knew if I follow him, I don't have to worry. Anxiety is out of the window. You see, so those were the two things that attracted me and opened my heart personally. Each one might be different, you know, but that was for me. I don't know if that answers the question. Yes, there was a, there was a, yeah, look, I, I, everything in my life was a failure from, um, um, I got divorced in uh, 1991, I think it was, I'm actually so bad with, please forgive me, I, I always get, seem to get it wrong, even my wife till today asked me, when did you come to South Africa, how old were you, and, uh, okay, um, yeah, <laughs> and I always get it wrong, but anyway, so, um, so it was a sequence because remember, this is what legalism does for you. Let me tell you guys something. From 1981, when I went to Bible school, uh, sorry, 82, 83, let's say, whatever. Um, and I finished Bible school. From that point on, uh, listen to me, for about 12 years, and this is fact, I'm not, you know, adding anything. I was studying the Word at least 12 hours a day. And I'm talking about studying. I mean, my mom and dad were sitting there. I mean, the, the, I'm sure God has called this guy to go somewhere very big. I mean, I mean, even my dad wouldn't study that way. So, and, and, and that became a habit. Now, the problem was, hold on one second. I've got so much knowledge here. The more knowledge I was getting, my brother, the more destructive my life became. My health, my marriage, business, everything was going up the wall. And that's where I thought, hold on, there's a link here. The dots are not connecting. 
So yes, I understood the love of God. But then the second thing that I focused on was the heart. Because if I don't get my heart right, my identity right, like Didi was saying, nothing's going to change. So I embarked on the heart. So I got to know the heart for about three, four years. That's all I studied, I remember. And then um, I started, you know, uh, entering because, you know, I, I was a you know, uh, an externalist. I wasn't an internalist person. I, I, honestly, you know, I wasn't interested. Now, going into my heart, like you were saying, what, what is going into your heart? What is the heart? How do you even get there? I understand that because I went through that, you know. And, um, but anyway, through uh, certain ways that I pursued it, I got to know and understand my heart and I knew how to get into my heart, how to discover Christ now. And only when I started discovering Christ, I started dealing with the issues of my heart. Okay. So yes, that was the journey. And then I, I promise you, it, it took long to come right. You know, um, even after the business, you know, after what I've just told you now, I actually became, you know, very successful with, with a business that we've been, but because of the greed in my heart, you know, we lost everything, not we, I lost everything, because my wife wasn't involved. <laughs> I lost everything and uh, in 2010. And uh, I realized that I had not dealt with greed. Because when the prosperity messages were coming, I was saying, yes, God supplies my need. And why use the bank? Why can't we use, like he said, uh, the 10% and give it according to Malachi to them? Well, we're stealing from God. But you see, all of those games I was playing, because it was games, I was playing church. And we all can play church, eh? And the games that I was playing, guess what happened? It backfired. Because I was deceived. You see? What was deceiving me? It's the greed that blinded me. And every time the weather indicators don't do that, no, but God. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His people. I'm one of them. Keep going, Tasso. So you can justify your greed with Scripture. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And that was the last thing that I had to deal with in my heart. The rest I dealt with, but that was the last thing. And from that point on, I started in small incremental, because that's how my heart worked. In others, it works quicker. With me, it took time. I'm sorry. You know? To get to understand, because I was dealing with legalism. I was dealing with religion. I was dealing, you know, I mean, let me tell you something. If you haven't been in religion... You're good. I was about to say, I was about to go yeah, you're good. I promise you. Because we have to get away from all that junk inside of us. Uproot them. Take them all out. Because they are so contrary to relationship. It's all about performance. It's all about things that we need to do. It's all about how to get God. No, all of that has to go. So I don't know if that answered a little bit your question. So, so it was that circumstance of saying, yes. I'm walking with God, but my life's not looking like, like, yes. like what I'm, I'm, I'm yes. saying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not experiencing it in business, not experiencing Nothing. it in, in my marriage, Nothing. in my health. Crazy. Yeah. 
you you don't know, experience it. The worst thing for any Christian, guys, while we're here, is that you do that and you don't get results. Because, I mean, for a Christian, the Word of God is the anchor of your soul. So if you're leaning on the Word and you're not getting results, it's the biggest and most powerful disappointment that you could ever experience, you know, to the point where you could turn away from God. That's why religion is so dangerous. And I was always sick. Okay. I'm te- do you want to be healthy? Okay. Yes, you can eat right and do your exercises. It's part of it. Get a proper self-worth inside of you. Get an image inside of you. Listen to me. Okay. That becomes your healing. Because healing is of the Lord. Not what you eat. What you eat keeps it in a certain standard. That's about it. But the healing comes from Him. So it's vital. I mean, that's why the book of Hebrews was written. He says, don't let, in chapter 2, verse 1, don't let, he says, this promises. And it uses the word of mooring. Let, you know, the sea takes them away from you. You know what I mean? No. Grab them. This is mine. I've got it in Jesus. Sorry, I mean, we can go on yeah, and on Yeah, we should. On. This is good stuff. <laughs> Anyone else got a question? Says you have to carry on. Deep, I mean, let's go deep, deep if you want to go deep in the heart. Let's do it. I mean, this is what church is about. I'm so proud of you guys. You're so hungry for the truth. It's beautiful. Statement. Yeah. Can you say it on the mic? Sorry. Um, were you saying that you were always sick? Um, that is very true. Um, I used to go somewhere else and um, I don't really think it was for me and to tell you I was on antibiotics pretty much all the time until I started coming here and doing the work and realizing my worth and value and now I'm basically never ill so it does, it is true Praise God such a powerful statement that get your self-worth and get your healing wow Everything flows, eh? that image anyone? And guys, that, um, that thing that, that we mentioned now about, you know, you, you're reading one thing, but you're experiencing something different. Um, you know, in life, there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be trouble, right? But the peace that Christ has given us, the hiccups and trouble doesn't penetrate here. That's the key. It's not that you're free. free. Listen, there's going to be chaos all the time. is because we're always dealing with people. Someone's decision is either affect, affecting their life or ours, right? Or our decision is affecting our own life. But the internal one, the peace inside, if you're not experiencing that when these hiccups are happening, if you're feeling like, man, I am tied up, I'm choking, I got no space, you know, those kind of feelings, you know, if you're having those kind of things, always, always remember that, okay, there is, like that exercise you gave us, right, there's something touching a source here, there's something touching it, and there's a fear or insecurity or hesitancy about that thing going about that thing getting affected, you know? Those kind of signals we must be conscious of, you know? Sorry, if you want to find out your core belief, ask, do I deserve happiness? Do I deserve happiness? That will be, you'll find out. That is the question you ask yourself about your core belief. Because you'll see It'll say no because you don't deserve because it always takes you back to your performance. Okay. But you say I'm worthy because I'm in Jesus.
That's how you're going to answer it. Because that of happiness, when you ask, it'll tell you about relationships. It'll tell you about your health. It'll tell you about your work. It'll tell you about everything. When you ask, ask that question. Go home and ask that question. And then go back to Jesus and say, yes, I'm worthy of happiness because I am in Jesus. See, this is real church. You know why? Because the best way to explain spiritual things or to give people an experience of worship or prayer or whatever is to sit down and do it with them. It's not giving them some information from a page and saying, this is what you must go declare or you must go and study intellectually. You have to do it like this. Okay, my heart's open now. What am I feeling? Okay, help me. That, that's how it works. This is church. Real church. Anyone else? Anything that you want to know right now while your hearts are open? Don't be shy. Jen? So, um, I've been battling with some chest issues um, for, I think it's over a month now which is why I've not been up here singing with the, with the team. And uh, it's really been bothering me that I'm not able to express my worship to the Lord the way I really want to because I feel restricted because of this um, sickness or whatever it is. And I've been praying and praying and saying, Lord, it's time that this thing needs to go. And... Um, this morning when I walked in, Auntie Levy said to me, you know, we need to speak to Bash and Pastor Tasso and Pastor Didi about, um, about fear because fear is something that would restrict you and cause you to be, you know, to, have, to be getting sick all the time. And um, what she said this morning is just, it, it hit home. Yeah. So it was definitely some... Digging that's going to be happening. There's a beautiful scripture that says, put, off the, put on the garment of praise. Note this, for the spirit of heaviness. Okay. So, um, depression that comes over a period of time begins to affect especially mourning, mourning of a loss in your life and it affects your, in your chest, your, um, your lungs. So when you get rid of that, whatever it is, your lungs will open up and you'll be able to sing to the Lord with man, with all your heart. So when you go home, or we can do it right now, just after the people leave, just make sure that heaviness that, it, that has come over a period of time, something that you held on to, and it's actually a loss. A loss, it can be a relationship, something, over, uh, uh, it can be a dream that you think, anything. That type of loss. And puts heaviness. Because there is emotional and physical connection when things happen. Okay. Awesome. No one else? 
Lekka. That's a good that's a good one, guys. That's a good series. Nice way to end it off. Hearts are all open. Go and enjoy God and enjoy yourselves. <laughs>